0: Hey everyone, Jesse Jackson here, and I'm announcing a contest. Starting now through the end of February, all you have to do to win a copy of Nikki Germain's Springsteen at Liberty Hall is to go to iTunes and leave a review For the podcast. Hopefully a good one. I would love nothing but five stars. In a three or four sentence review. About why you love the podcast. And why other people should listen to the podcast. Once you post it. Send me a screenshot. Of your review. Email it to setlustingbruce at gmail.com. And everyone who. Submits. That. Um, review, a screenshot of that review, will be entered into a drawing to win Nikki's book. If you include your mailing address, I will send you a Set Lusting Bruce sticker as a way of saying thank you. So that's all it needs. Go iTunes, rate and review the show, make a screenshot, email it setlustingbruce at gmail.com, and who knows, you might be enjoying this wonderful book absolutely free. And now let's get the show going. I'm about to name some people who help me keep this podcast going. They are the wonderful members of my Patreon group. I appreciate each of them. You can learn how to be a patron by going to patreon.com, look for Set Lusting Bruce. And for as little as $5 a month, you can support the podcast and get access to unedited episodes. And as little as dollar a month, you get a handwritten thank you note from me and a shout-out at least once a month thanking you in an episode. So, Sean, David, and Jennifer... Jeff, Sylvan, Liz, Yetta, Steve, Coach Randy, Rob, Bella, John, Betsy, Levi, Liz, Stephen, and Steve, Dale, Terry, Chris, and Mary. All of you are amazing, and thank you for being part of this wonderful group. You know I love you.
1: Sure. Um, Well, I'll 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 tell you this. I don't know life without Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. As far as I can remember back, I I, I don't. But to answer your question, Jacksonville, Florida, there's a a big joke here that if you don't know the top five Leonard Skinner songs, you can't call yourself from Jacksonville. You, you, you just can't, especially if you were born here. Like now I'm not talking like born, like on the outskirts or an orange park or Baker County or St. John's I'm talking, if you are from Duval County, <laughs> <Jacksonville>, <laughs> then, then you need to know. And, and if you don't, then just go away. I'm not saying you need to have sweet home Alabama on all the time. Or if you're at a concert, yell, play some free bird. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying you should know. There was a band in the 80s that covered part of Freebird, and somebody was listening to it. That's a Will to Power song. Who the hell is Will to Power? That is a Skynyrd song. And and furthermore, if you're a real Jacksonville resident, born and raised, you will know the story of how Leonard Skynyrd got that name.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. We are getting off the Bruce Springsteen train, though he will come up, as he often does. And we're going to talk a little bit of comedy, a little bit of Southern rock, a little bit of Stupid History. I have Ryder and new friend Keb on the podcast Keb. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate you appreciate being here.
0: Yeah. so I, I noticed that you said you had a background in sports talk radio. Yep. What markets did you work in?
1: I worked in the Jacksonville, Florida, the greater Jacksonville area here. I'm born and raised Jacksonville. Okay. I moved away to go to school. And then I lived in Atlanta for three and a half years. So I've seen some bigger markets, but but being from here and we have the ocean here. And when you move away from the ocean, you, they, you don't have it anymore. You want it back again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was on Sports Talk Radio here for four and a half years on the... Sports Superstation here every Saturday from 10 to
0: 1. I'll put you on the spot, and I can always edit this out if there isn't. But the guys here in Dallas, the cliche is, P. Rose should be in the Hall of Fame, yay or nay. But the other sports cliche that makes us Dallas fans roll our eyes is, Jesse, I'm sorry. I messed it up. Right. Jerry, the owner needs right. to fire Jerry, the GM. Right. <laughs> so is there a Jacksonville, Florida cliche that you would roll your eyes that when would come up either by callers or someone in on another market?
1: Probably the conception that, that no one will take the Jacksonville Jaguars seriously. We have tied for the second best record, in the AFC. Right now, so th- that's a huge misconception. I'll tell you the biggest cliche of Jacksonville sports-wise ever was about 10 years ago when everybody was like, please sign Tim Tebow. That that was when we were on the radio and the Jaguars had a settled-in quarterback named David Garrard and everybody said, they need to bench Garrard and sign Tebow. We're like, look, Tebow is a Denver Bronco. <laughs> yeah. There's no doubt, but every other Call was, was Timo needs to be a Jaguar. And it it just got overbearing. And so on our show, we were like, look, if you call and say Timo needs to be a Jaguar, we're going to hang up on you. And, you know, but for the record, I believe Pete Rose needs to be in the Hall of Fame as well. And I do believe that owners should own and GMs should manage.
0: Very nice. One of the other sports cliches is it is very easy for people to spend the owner's money. Sure. Well, you just need to yeah. you just need to pay it. And the backup quarterback or backup running back is always what we need to do, right?
1: The backup yeah. quarterback is the most popular guy on the team. Yeah. He he really is. That I was on a podcast last night that we were talking about backup quarterbacks and how that dynamic has changed in the last 10 years. Yeah. To where it used to be the backup quarterback was the hot shot that was learning behind the veteran. And now the starter is the hot shot and the backup is the veteran. And that dynamic's working right now because with so many quarterbacks being hurt. And you saw that in Dallas a year or two yeah. ago, or a year or two ago with Dak Prescott going down. We almost saw it here at Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence going down. And you have a veteran that isn't really going to win you the game, but he's not going to lose it. He's yeah. not going to do anything dumb. And that's that experience level. And you've really seen that dynamic, especially in the NFL.
0: Yeah. And then when there's just something we love about that underdog, like right now, the Giants have AJ Soprano. Yeah. Tommy DeVito that, okay. and my Son and I were talking. If we were Giant fans, we'd be buying his jersey. We'd be singing his praises just like we did when Dak took over for Romo. So, yeah, it's crazy. Thanks for a little sports talk. Uh, Always fun. So I always like to start at the beginning. So tell me, you've already mentioned you grew up in Jacksonville, but was your family musical? Was there a lot of music in the house and if so, what kind?
1: Okay, so my mother, my dad had n- zero musical talent, okay. know, zero, zero musical talent, but he's extremely quick-witted. That's where I get, I, I attribute that to that's where I get my stand-up from, you okay. know, is that type of, of attitude. And I don't want to say humor, because he wasn't really very funny either. But my mother, avid piano player, choir, very involved in so me and my, my sister were in music theater growing up, whether it be a youth group at a, a church. We Both me and my sister went to religious elementary school and middle or junior high for nine years. And so we were in multiple, I've been leads in My Fair Lady, Carousel, Grease know, yeah, things of that nature. My sister as well, um, has has you know done plays, you know, and she was more on the the dance side, and I was more on the the acting and singing side of things. But you, it was an unwritten rule in our family that you like music. When I was in high school, I fell in love with like producing music and things of that nature. I had friends that created bands, and and went that route to the. I'm going to take, I'm going to go my own way and be on stage in front of college bars and things like that. When we got, I remember when we got the dual cassette and you could play like instrumental over here and you could record vocals in your room. And that was pretty cool. But I was doing voiceovers in high school for the, the high school radio. And when they did talent nights and things like that, and people were like, man, you need to be on the radio. And I was like, yeah, but I don't want to just talk and play music because that's what it was then. Especially here in Jacksonville, sports talk or talk radio in general really wasn't a big thing until the late nineties. So it really, it was really your clear, your your celestial DJs that, Hey, here comes another one or like Casey's top 40 or or anything like that based on what genre of music you listen to, whether it be country, classic rock or pop or rap.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Did you mention before we hit record Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that much if you grew up in the East Coast, upper East Coast, asking the question, when did you first discover Bruce Springsteen is like asking when did your parent, when did you decide, when did you learn that your parents used Tide laundry powder? It's just always there. So you have a similar experience about a different band, don't you?
1: Sure, sure. Um, well, I, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. I don't know life without Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, okay. as far as I can remember back, I, I i don't. But to answer your question, Jacksonville, Florida, there's a, a big joke here that if you don't know the top five Leonard Skinner songs, you can't call yourself from jacksonville you, you you just can't especially if you're born here like now i'm not talking like born like on the outskirts or an orange park or baker county or st John's. i'm talking if you are from duval county jacksonville, <laughs> then then you need to know and, and if you don't then just go away i'm not saying you need to have sweet home alabama on all the time or if you're at a concert yell play some free bird i'm not saying anything like that i'm just saying you should know. And it's, I was talking to somebody the other day and I made a Sound of Silence reference to the Disturbed version. And they're like, Disturbed wrote that. And I'm like, no, idiot. Disturbed didn't write that. That's a Simon Garfunkel song. How do you not know that?
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: you know? You know, there was a band in the 80s that covered part of Freebird and somebody was listening to it. And that, that's a Will to Power song. Who the hell is Will to Power? That is a skittered song. And, and furthermore, if you're a real Jacksonville resident, born and raised, you will know the story of how Leonard Skinner na- got that name. Yeah. So it it was, to, real quick, it, it was a uh, gym teacher at the high school that they went to. His yes. Name was, his name was Leonard Skinner, it wasn't spelled the same way. Yeah. But,
0: yeah, I, I, I do remember that story and I yeah. do remember I graduated high school in 77. Gotcha. So I absolutely remember that era and the losses and such. But yeah.
1: Very cool. Nowadays, if you ask somebody, if you go up to somebody younger than me, I'm 48 years old, somebody younger than me and say, Hey, look, can you name a band from Jacksonville? I bet you they would tell you Lint Biscuit.
0: Okay. Who
1: who is from Jacksonville or Yellow Card. They wouldn't yeah. What about Leonard Skinner? I don't know one Leonard Skinner song. I bet you do. It's played at every sporting event. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet you do.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned a little bit, you can't remember a time without Bruce Springsteen share a little bit. We talked that you said it, you did your homework and we'll get to that at the end of the podcast, thunder road, but you mentioned that it had been a while since you listened to thunder road. So tell me a little bit about your Bruce background.
1: Okay. Okay. So it starts in in, when I can remember it. I, yeah, look in 1981, I was six years old, but 1981, a thing come out that revolutionized music and TV, and, and it was called music, television, <laughs> and, and videos, and very vividly, do I remember a, a very simple video put on TV, can't remember the year, really doesn't matter, but it was it was a Bruce Springsteen song called Dancing in the Dark, okay, and it had a very young Courtney Cox in that video. And if you don't know who that is, watch Friends. You'll figure yes. it out. And, and that right there, video-wise, is probably the first. Then you go back and you listen to Board to Run and all this. I'll tell you when Bruce Springsteen got my respect.
2: Okay. Big time.
1: Okay? I am a comedian. I am a huge believer in the freedom of speech. Huge I think that you should be able to say whatever you want to say as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. Okay. So you can't go into a movie theater and yell, fire. Yeah. You know? But other than that, if you get something to say, you are entitled to your opinion. I do not agree with everything that everybody says. I agree with the right to say it, though. Yes. Yeah? I understand. Yeah. So in, in 1992, uh, again, 80s and 90s. So I've run into my share of hip hop. I was there when it was born and I'm, I I love all genres of music. I don't yeah. discriminate. Anyhow, there was a band called two live crew out of Miami who came right. out with a song that not a lot of people, not a lot of people appreciate it. You know, now it's a pretty rough song. <laughs> I, yeah. I'll get you that. I wouldn't repeat it on here. I don't know if I'd repeat it on stage and i have a pretty blue set, Okay, but I did agree with their right to say it. Yeah. And I do not believe in censorship. NWA, same thing. So they wanted to come out with a song in response to being censored called Banned in the USA. And they wanted to use the Born in the USA theme to it. A sample is what they call it. Right. And Bruce Springsteen said, Not only will I let you use it, you don't have to pay me. Nice. Because he didn't agree with what they were saying, but he agreed with their right. To say it in Springsteen, there's a a comedian on TikTok who goes back and listens to old lyrics Mm -hmm. and kind of goes and, and basically sees what they're saying now. And if you listen to some of the lyrics that Springsteen was saying, some of these younger folk might have a problem with it. The same people who had a problem with the song, baby, it's cold outside. Yet the number one song in the world at that time was a song called WAP. Um, yeah. and if you don't know what that stands for Google is at everybody's disposal
0: yes and there is a I think I feel an unscientific survey that if I go up to a someone in a bar or a restaurant that's guitar they're playing and if I pull out a five dollar bill and I throw it in the tip jar and I go hey can you tape can you do Bruce Springsteen? Fifty percent of time, I'm going to get on I'm on fire. Okay, it's fairly. It's it's a well known song. It's not that elaborate, but "Hey, little girl, is your daddy home?" In modern context, sure. it come across not necessarily the best.
1: Sure, but you know what though? If you're going to quote unquote cancel something like that, yeah, Billy Joel screwed <laughs> that genre of lyric. Yeah. they were writing to that era yeah two live crew was writing to their era Absolutely, NWA was writing to their era so yeah. while they're different genres of music they all all speak to the same principle that you know we shouldn't be censored music artists period should whether it's comedy yeah. print it, it shouldn't be censored now putting I don't put journalists into that because a lot of them put stuff out there that's not necessarily true, but people who create things out of thin air, like musicians shouldn't be harnessed to the fact that they have to worry about the feelings of people because the, just like if you don't like something, if you don't like something on TV, change the channel.
0: Yeah. And the Bruce has had his share of controversy Reagan using Born in the USA and even to when our former President Trump was in the hospital with COVID his supporters were playing Born in the USA outside the hospital room and we all Springsteen fans going I don't think they know what that song's about but when he did American Skin 41 Shots which is about the the police officers shooting that I cannot remember the guy now and police officers really upset and felt like he was being anti-police. But if you read the lyrics, he covers both of them. He covers that standing in the body over a vestibule, praying for his life from the president, from the policeman's office. So, yeah, very cool. So. Obviously, you got a lot of musical and humor from your family, but what led you to decide you wanted to do stand up
1: i didn't want to pursue music in that way music to me and and i didn't want to i wanted to act i was a, a pretty good actor but i wanted to do stage okay. and like i was telling my daughter who is an artist herself she's 19 she's in college and she was like what would get you to come out of quote retirement to go back on the stage and i said two things I said, number one, if we have, there's a theater, theater group here in Jacksonville that I was a member of for years. And I quit because I'm almost 50, man. There's not a lot of parts and I don't want to play the dad. So I just let the next generation take it, but I still try to stay involved and and actors locally and stand up and, and podcasters. We all blend together, especially in the community here. So I said two things. Uh, if they were to do the stage play, A Few Good Men, I would come out and play Colonel Jessup. Okay. That, that, that would be. And if they were to buy the rights and do the stage play of Hamilton, I, I would play, I would love to do a part in that. Yeah, you know, those two. Just Hamilton, just cheerily because of the history of it. But but I, I think that would be pretty cool because that speaks to a lot of different generations And the way it's told the, the, it's just an updated version. So it speaks. And I think if you speak to another generation, they'll get excited to learn things like that. That was a big reason why I wrote the stupid history book, because yeah, it's about stupid things, but it's interesting. (laughs) That's why it all started on a joke. And it was probably only funny to me. And tell me,
0: tell me about that.
1: So I listen to a lot of history podcasts. I am a lover of history, American history, not so much world, but I, I'm fascinated with early European 1600s, right over on the Mayflower type of stuff. Okay. and But when Revolutionary War, Civil War, War of 1812 is my wheelhouse. And I listen to all these in presidents. I love the history of presidents. So I listen to a lot of these podcasts and they're, they're all boring. They're all like nine hours long. And they're all like very serious. And it's like the old Walter Cronkite. I'm Walter Cronkite. You know, they all tell you their name like 15 times. And I was just like, these guys just need to be made fun of. Okay. And they're nine hours long. So I I was talking to a comedian buddy of mine. I said, you know what? I'm going to start a podcast. It's going to be a minute long. And we're going to talk about the history of something stupid. He goes, what are you going to do the history of? I'm like, I don't know. So I'm at home one day, I'm in my recliner and I'm thinking about this and um, I wasn't really big into podcasting. I'd been guests on and been co host on a couple other, but nothing like this where you're basically creating a brand, right? And I'm in my recliner, I'm watching TV and I glance over at my kitchen table and there's a Ninja Blender box there. And I and it just hit me. I said, you know what? Episode one, we're going to do the history of a blender. going I started doing research Got about a hundred words together. And then that turned into, I was just looking around. So okay, we're going to do, oh, there's a balloon. We're going to do balloons next. And just started writing stupid stuff down. And I, I came up with 30 and I was just going to do 30 and that was it. And we're going to release them every day. Never it's thought anybody would. do a would,
0: month. Just yeah. go for
1: it. Yeah. And never thought anybody would listen to it. And then, and so I made like on Twitter, I just put them out every day. Hey, here you go. Here you go. So after that, about the fifth day that there wasn't one, after about the 35th day, I started getting direct messages going, hey, dude, where's the episode? You know, and I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, dude, you haven't had an episode in like four days. I, I really forgot about it because with the distributor that that I use, you just schedule them out and right. they just go automatically. And I was like, okay, He's like, dude, th- th- those are classic, man. You got to you know come up with more. Is This guy on this, there's a app called good pods and he was like yeah is they have a hint of humor in there they but i guarantee you you'll learn something and so i did 30 more and then a couple friends of mine who do podcasts as well they're like dude you gotta keep doing that you gotta keep doing that you gotta keep doing that and so i did about after about the 300th one again that sounds like a lot but that's daily it's less than a year after about the 300th one a friend of mine goes hey do you just have a bunch of, do you like save the information on these episodes? And I said, yeah. And he goes, what you should do is, because your podcast is really short, he he goes, you should like expand on these. But what would be funny was make it sound like a honest to God history book, but make it like the history of a paper clip. And that's the joke. And you could do that. And you can put a hundred chapters together and people put it on the back of their toilet or whatever. And they just read it when there's nothing else to do. And you sell it for like a white elephant Christmas present or whatever. And I'm like, that is a brilliant idea. So I started to get work on it. And the hardest part was for me not to make fun of these things, like in print, like while writing it, because I wanted it to sound like a history book because it could be very easily be going, making a joke here and there or anything like that. But the joke of the whole thing is the subject matter. You're going to learn the history of a zipper, of a button, of artificial snow and things of like that nature. And, and for the uh, people who have read it, the feedback that I've gotten, they can't wait for volume two. So
0: how much research goes into looking into a subject
1: for the podcast or for the book
0: so let's start with the podcast then we'll do the book
1: per kind of my process for the podcast is that I record a, a one month at a time okay. and it probably takes me a good two weeks to do research for that one month for the book I did that a chapter at a time but I a lot for this one in particular. I have a lot of the research of where to go to learn about it already because I did that on the episode. The writing of it probably takes, I worked for about a year every Saturday morning from 7 a.m. to noon mm-hmm. for about a year. And there's 103 chapters per chapter. I probably would knock out. Two a week, maybe. And they weren't long. They're were 500 words. Yeah.
0: So Kev, and this probably is hard to answer, but is uh, there a topic or an item that that really surprised you as you started digging into it? You went, I this is some interesting crap. I can't believe this.
1: Yes, there is. The one that I was like, wow, was I have a website. And people could go to the website and put in topics, right? And the reason that I created that was because of this particular is very early on. And a buddy of mine who is a comedian and he thinks that everything, he's what I call a toilet humor comedian. Okay. He thinks everything is either sexual or whatnot. And, And he was like, dude, you should do the history of like toys like that. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like a big wheel? He's like adult toys like that. And I'm like, okay, no. Because I want my kids to be able to listen to this. Maybe because one of my goals for 2024 is actually speak to like history classes and say history can be fun. And so I want everybody to be able to listen to us. But he said, okay, how about Viagra? And I said, "Uh, you know what? Let me read up on it. I'm not going to tell you yes, but let me read up on it. Did my research. This thing was like champagne. It was found by accident they were trying to develop a blood pressure medication and yeah, it directs blood somewhere. And, ah. uh, and, and that, that at that time was, was news to me. I just, I had never really worried about the, what happened with Viagra, but it's a great story. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's a great story. This thing flew off the shelf with Pfizer when they rolled it out. And I, I just thought it was, but that's uh, the one where I was like, wow. And then I did a series on, on baseball parks. And that that was pretty interesting, too. But I think the most interesting one's coming up in February. Okay. You know, it's going to be the stories that you really don't know about the presidents. Oh, that'll you be know. great. Yeah.
0: I, By the way, as someone who does a podcast that often goes over an hour because I'm sure. having a conversation, I am envious of your minute podcast. Sure. I know... I'm a big Doctor Who fan, and I don't think they do it anymore. But for the longest time, there was a guy that did your two-minute Time Lord. Sure. And so he did a two-minute podcast about Doctor Who with the new episodes. And similar to X or Twitter, right, there is a a satisfaction in having that small of a – you've set yourself that – parameter and to get your story done so talk yeah. to me a little bit about that
1: the reason i wanted it a minute is number one all these history podcasts that i was listening to were like forever and there's only so many times that we can go over the jfk assassination yeah right. yeah seriously yeah Yeah. J- jackie o had him killed i said it there you go there you go, all there right. you go. okay all right history so, solved yeah it has another reason i want to give it a minute because i didn't want to give but You hear this and I'm quite certain you've heard this. You, you have a podcast and I'm a uh, friend that has a very popular podcast. She walks around town with a shirt that says, ask me about my podcast and her closest friends and family don't listen to her podcast. Yeah, I'll listen to it. They're never going to listen to it. So I wanted to give people absolutely zero reason <laughs> not to listen to a podcast. It's one minute. If you don't have one minute, you are just a flat liar okay on uh, part of our marketing a tagline that, that i have and, and i say we because there, there's a team now that kind of helps market this and and we came up with it's the most bingeable podcast ever and I, i'll tell you what i mean by that as well as i do you could check not only you check how many downloads or listens that you get on a daily basis right so it Like mine on level, I've got a really good core listenership that listens every day. They, they interact with me on social media. They'll, if I get something wrong, they'll tell you, but it's a stupid history minute. So if you get something wrong, who cares? But every, about once a week, you'll just see this huge spike. And so I'll go in to see what episodes are listening to when I see that spike, but we had one today. And it's just like off the charts because it'll be like leveled out. And then just just one day it will be up and what they're and now with the book, what they're doing is they're going back and listening to the podcast episodes of the chapters of the book to see how different, how close or different they are, which is interesting. And so we call it the most bingeable podcast in the world. And it's very, but literally I listen to it every day and I listen to it, not really for the content, but see how sound quality is and things like that. Yeah, And and it's done before I ever get out of the driveway.
0: So I do agree that my family does not listen to anything from Set Lusting Bruce. <laughs> the, my best friend sent me an email probably th- two or three months ago with a link. He had started doing theater review he was going right. to plays and write reviews and he said i am the world's worst friend i don't listen to your podcast here so i don't expect you but here are my reviews <laughs> and so i read them and i said because i'm a better friend than you are i'm going to listen to your i'm going to read your articles sure. so yeah i love that idea wow, maybe I should do, and I did do, I have done in the past where I've done Springsteen Minutes, where I've done a two or three minute episode, just a, I'll pick a song lyric and I'll just talk about it, that says Springsteen Thought of the Day. The, I I love the idea that because you had the material, you decided to do a book. The, so, I, Talk to me more about it. It sounds like this has really grown into something pretty special for you, right?
1: Yeah, it, it's created a brand. Like I always wonder, this is not my first attempt at writing a book. It's just the first time I finished one. Okay. Um, I, I said to myself at the, the beginning, when I decided to do it, I said to myself, for better or for worse, we're going to see this thing through. So if one person reads this thing, we're going to see it through. And, and I was talking to somebody today here locally on, on a radio show. I, I didn't write it to make money. I, yeah, that's not why I did it. Quite selfishly, I wrote it to see my name on the cover of a book, and uh, quite I've always wanted that. I, I avid reader growing up, and I, I just thought that was pretty pretty cool to do. It it's created what is a brand, and that brand has blossomed, and I'll tell you how. Please, five years ago, I was a basically a foul mouth comedian. Yeah, you know, I've always been able to make people laugh. I went to religious school. So I, a ton of my, a ton of my comedy and my set is geared towards religious people who take themselves too seriously. The hypocrisy you know?
0: of the religious right that are neither religious nor right.
1: They don't get me started. Okay. And just like little things that people pick up that they don't like, I'll give you an example. And uh, I was talking with somebody who did not know me. And we are in Nashville, Tennessee, we're at a bar and, and he looks over at me. I don't know him. I'm in there by myself. It was a bar in a hotel. And he looks at me and, and he goes, can I ask you a question? And I said, you just did. And he goes, oh, you're one of those. I'm like, yeah, I'm one of those. He goes, can I ask you another question? I said, you just did again. That's two. Do you have a third? And he, he's okay. He says, do you love Jesus? And I thought to myself, this dude has absolutely no clue what he's about to get himself into. And so I looked him dead in the face and I said, if it gets cold enough, and he just looks at me like that. And I, I was like, what, one of my knacks is to make people feel real uncomfortable real quick. And it's like, a, I like look forward to doing it. it it's, it's funny to me. And when I tell people all the time in comedy classes, when I stopped trying to write comedy for other people and, and write it for myself and write what I thought was funny, because it's like sales. If you don't believe in what you're selling, you're never going to sell it. If you don't believe in a joke, it's not going to be funny. You have to be all in with that. It's like a golfer with a golf shot. You have to commit 100% to it. And, and I had committed 100% to telling that guy. So five years ago, I was that guy. And then I decided to start a podcast called Keb Unfiltered, and it was basically going to be the stuff that people would not allow me to say on stage, and just like daily life things, what I thought that kind of went that went pretty well. And a guy came to me who was an ordained Baptist minister, a former or a former minister, and he said, "Hey, it'd be funny is if me and you did a podcast together." And I said, "Hey, I'm not going to change how I speak." And he's dude, I I I don't want you to. So we started a podcast called unfiltered. So I got into this podcasting thing, but I couldn't like let my kids listen to it. It it really wasn't helping anything. And it really wasn't like a brand awareness. So that's when the stupid history minute came in and now the stupid history book, what that's blossomed into though, was we've, in that between those two podcasts we've created a community that people have come over and really really have 10 12 podcasts now that we all help brand together and all that and that's helped me in in and stand up it's helped podcasting I'll tell you the Sales of the stupid history book of what they are—we're two and a half months into it—wouldn't be where they are without that community, and that community wouldn't be alive without the stupid history minute.
0: So, I—I'm going to go back to your writing yeah, and, and sure. this podcast the end a minute, but I'm going to take a—we'll uh, take a detour. Okay, uh, you mentioned that you're a big fan of Sting's music and the police. So let's talk about that for just a little sure. bit. Can you, and I'll go back to my question. I usually ask at the beginning of a podcast, can you remember when uh-huh. you first heard the sting or police and can you articulate why you liked it so much?
1: Absolutely. The, my dad took me to a place called turtles music when I was a kid. Okay. And he bought in the, the first two cassettes that he ever bought me were The Police of Synchronicity and Men at Work's Business as Usual. Big Men okay. at Work fan too. And every time I hear Every Breath You Take, I think of my dad who passed away 20 years ago. And and that's why I feel such a connection to the police and the sting. Because if you could tell me where the other two guys are, that's I couldn't say it. Yeah, okay. yeah, but yeah. That's why I feel that that connection. Favorite song by far, not even a contest, every breath you take. Okay. I find that p- people who are police guys would would probably say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I always preface this Keb, with the amount of times you've seen an artist perform live uh, is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are, sure. depending on your age, your economic situation, depending on the artist. But are you someone who counts how many times and you've seen I, I... him?
1: I, I, I could tell, I could tell you who I've seen the most times I've been to a ton of concerts, one timers, like okay. yeah. off the top of my head, one timers I've seen in excess. I've seen sting multiple times, probably six or seven, but that's not, I, I've seen guns and roses, a ton. Okay. I have probably seen Skinner 25 times. Yeah, wow. pro- yeah. Probably here. If you play your cards, you can see them for free pretty easily. Yeah. I was in Nashville when they were in Nashville one time. So I've, Probably seen them the most when I was younger again, religious school for nine years. I was big into a band called DC Talk, and I've probably seen them 20 plus times. Yeah, they broke up 20 years ago, but I've probably seen those guys. I I'll tell you who I haven't seen, but my wife is a huge New Kids on the Block fan.
0: Oh, okay. And
1: she's probably seen them 50 times. She's going on cruises with them, she knows they answer her on Twitter. How fun! You know she's probably seen them. That that's a big in our household. New kids is like a big deal. Like when they come here, like life stops. And when tickets go on sale, and she's part of some club that gets like fifty percent off, so she gets on front row. Isn't good enough. She has to have VIP, whatever. And I'm just like, I hope. When the kids, when both the kids are in college and I start touring full time, that I have one person in a (laughs) VIP, you know?
0: Yeah. Just that it sounds like, it sounds a lot like a Springsteen fans tell you the truth, right?
1: Yeah. I think I have never seen Bruce live. Okay. If I did, and I was talking to Frank, who is an avid Springsteen fan. And I'm like, does he do my favorite spring scene song of all time is a song called glory days. And I'm like, does he do that live? He's what depends on what, what he's doing. You know? Yeah. And I was like, nah, dude, he's got to do it. It's like Billy Joel, not do a piano man. Yeah. He's Just because you like it doesn't mean it's his most popular song. Not doing piano man is not doing born to run. So.
0: Often he will either do dancing in the dark or glory days. Okay. So he doesn't new but this latest tour in 23 so last year when he was touring he had to stop at the end of the year cuz he had some health issues and we're hoping in just a month or two here in 2024 he's going to kick off but at the time he was doing both he was doing dancing in the dark and glory days a lot of reason why is pre pandemic he would have someone come on stage with him during dancing in the dark and they would dance. Gotcha. The Courtney Cox effect. Sure. Since the pandemic can't do that. I, I've told the story, so I will remember to cut this out for my audience because they don't want to hear this story again, but Keb hasn't <laughs> heard it. And sure. so, Hey patrons, you're getting a unedited version. So I was in Houston, uh on the tour like 2014 maybe Mm. and he finished the show a little over three hours it was an outdoor venue like an amphitheater with a big lawn so we were outside and the like the concession area and the the concourse was outside so i had already gone to the bathroom was waiting for my wife to come out and there was this very drunk lady going, is it over? Yeah, it's... Yeah, Really? It's over? Yeah, he played a little over three hours. But he didn't do Born in the USA. Wow. Yeah, he doesn't always do Born in the USA. But it's his biggest song. Yeah, but he just doesn't always do it. I can't believe he didn't do Born in the USA. So since then, any time at a show... Where he does Born in the USA. I pull out my phone and on Twitter, he played Born in the USA. Somewhere there is a very drunk lady in Houston very happy. (laughs) 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 Yeah, part of the issue of Bruce is how do you play everything that people want to hear?
1: So His catalog is huge.
0: Yeah, I had someone that said she was tired of hearing Born to Run but she'd seen him 30, 40 times. Right. And I said, I get it. I understand how you would give up born to run to hear something else that he normally doesn't play. I said, but put yourself in the place of someone who's never seen Bruce live before. How disappointed are you if you don't get born to run? And she went, Oh, you're right. I'm never going to think that again. And so it is. I saw Jackson Brown last year and he was great. It was the first time I'd ever seen him, but he was opening for James Taylor. So he didn't do the encore. So he didn't do Loadout Stay. Yeah. And I was a little disappointed. I understood why, but I wanted to hear that song from Running on Empty, right? It just. Go ahead.
1: I think what if you think about all the entire catalog that Bruce Bruce Springsteen has, you don't really you don't really get tired of any of the songs because there's so many to listen to. Yeah, except that damn Santa Claus is coming to town song.
0: Um, yes, I I do know that feeling. Uh, it is on the list of most loved and most hated Christmas songs. Anytime I see the list, it makes on both.
1: It's got to be like in 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 the list of this time of year, most songs played Mariah Carey is one. Right. And that's not far behind her. Yeah, you know? uh, I mean, it yeah. really isn't.
0: And every once in a while, I'll pull it out in July. Yeah. Like in a European show, and people go crazy. I, my favorite Bruce Christmas song is multiple years ago. He was doing a, they did a kind of for only, they were filming a small group to promote a box set he had out. And he did a version of Blue Christmas. Right. That I adore that it's available on YouTube. You can hear it and yeah. he does a great version of that. So that's my favorite.
1: When I'm going to check that out. Part. Yeah. They had a thing on X7 the other night of how many people have done that damn song. Yeah. And from Kelly Clarkson to yeah. make trainer to Boo yeah. Blay. Yeah. So I didn't catch. They probably played it. I did. Yeah. Didn't catch.
0: What's interesting is another podcast rock in the suburbs for Christmas this last holiday season they talked about that Elvis was not the first to record Blue Christmas it was actually uh-huh. this he was a remake that and i don't remember the other band who did it but that's pretty crazy
1: yeah.
0: um so let's get back to what's you've talked about you've made a a more friendly family friendly brand you've yeah. you're going to continue doing the podcast what else are you gonna do? What's next for you creative loop? Yeah. What are you what, um, are you what are you wanting to do?
1: Currently currently working on volume two of the stupid history book. I'm on chapter like fifty-seven or something like that. I was going to try to get it out by Father's Day. Okay. But I have since gone away from that plan because I think that the stupid history book volume one deserves its own Father's Day.
0: That seems like a good gift to give.
1: It's a great gift for dads. And so yeah. I, I want volume one. So we'll do, we'll do volume two, same time next year. It gives us a little time. It's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little bit more similar to the podcast. Okay. There's some over the 500, as of today, is 530 episodes. Over that time, there's been things that if I don't say them or work them into the episode, unless it's like a specific series, like right now we're going through Christmas movies, right. but if it's just like your normal, like everyday item, a lamp or whatever, if there's a couple of things that if I don't put them in there, people will, will comment on them. But hey, okay, you didn't do this, did you do that. And I'm like, guys, we're talking about a minute. And, yeah. and, and, and so one of them is the very last sentence of Basically, a lot of the episodes, I'll tell you where it came from. And then I'll be like today. And, and it's not that I say today, it's how I say it because okay. I'll always be like today. And uh, and then like in the beginning of it, we take about lamp. The, the, the lamp is a beloved item. It has a fascinating history that, that dates to ancient times, the Greeks and the Romans. And then after when I'm recording, after like the fifth time, and It'll be like the fifth day in a row because I, I figure out like what's going where on the calendar and I'll be like, and get this in ancient times, the Roman and, and yeah. it'll go through like that. And I'll be like, wait for it. And and especially if I go over something that's religious in nature and in the Hebrew, you know, get this, the Hebrews had a problem with it. Go figure and just, just make it not boring, but into, because Let's just not forget, first and foremost, I am a comedian, so I have to make things fun. But I'll tell you this. The book was it's a big the joke is the subject matter. And I've looked. There's not really anything like it. Not really. There's a couple of you have a bunch of useless knowledge books. It's some people call it a trivia book. It's not really a trivia book. It's just just like, if you want to know the history of the chocolate chip cookie, man, Mrs. Fields, dude.
0: There you Uh, go. (laughs) All right. If someone wants to find the book, where's the best way to go?
1: Um, You can go to stupidhistory.net. We're going to keep it there. The paperback version. If you buy it on stevenhistory.net, I'll sign. Okay. Up until the 31st of July, there's going to be some sort of, or 31st of December, there's going to be some sort of sale. But from June until Father's Day is probably going to be regular price. The author signed copies to have a bit more pricier. You can find it on Amazon, hardback, hardback, paperback, and Kindle. Uh, on there, not going to be signed by the author. But if you want to get it there, you probably get it a little quicker if you go okay. to Amazon and get it. I, I, either way, it just depends on on what you want. My sister was saying to me, "What is the?" I want an author signed copy. And I said, why? And she goes, I said it's not gonna be worth anything like that. And she's like, it will when you die.
0: <laughs>
1: and I said, Are you gonna kill me? But it's yellow, similar to that right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got got I've got them all over the house. That's nice. Yeah. That's
0: good. Kev, what should I have asked you that I have it?
1: I don't know. My favorite color is orange. Okay. Yeah, my favorite comedian is Robin Williams. All Uh, right. He rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, And my favorite food is pizza.
0: All right. Pineapple, yay or nay?
1: On pizza? Yeah. Look, man, we got people putting pineapple out there. Pineapple on pizza—that's it's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. However, people think that was created in Hawaii. It wasn't. Not California either. Do you know where it was created?
0: No, please. In
1: Vancouver, Canada.
0: Ah. Okay.
1: They are who we have to kill. Ah, Putting pineapple on pizza. Okay. But I have a comedian friend that that lists, like, we're arguing about this and that politically. We're arguing that we got bigger problems. People are putting pineapple on pizza out there. It's funny.
0: That sounds very good. Uh, You mentioned you have, is this an official network of podcasts or kind of an unofficial group you guys are putting together? Talk to me a little bit about it.
1: No, it's official. It's like a real thing. It's a funny story. We're all in a transition period. And a guy that I know who's a great friend of mine who has a uh, podcast that's very different than anything that I've ever been on called finding your way it's a spiritual podcast in nature he said he said hey man uh, i need your help producing this because i'm pretty good at finding intros making promos yeah. the technical side of it and so he's gonna get your help and he goes we can this could be the first episode of of the studio the podcast network like that and i'm yeah. like okay and then he's stupid history man it could come on and then we'll get this person over here again we'll have a, we'll have a four or five we can call it. and so anyhow yeah it's a real thing it's grown to i mean we are left and right. Um, now, because it, it's called Unfiltered Studios Podcast Network. And what it is not what you could do as a podcaster, what you could do for the network, but what can the network do for you? And we help people start podcasts. We help people with technical stuff. We don't ask for one dime of advertising. They pay us absolutely no money. It's basically a marketing through collaboration. And we have found that we've gotten some pretty heavy podcasts to join us that that get a lot more listeners than us. But that type of, we call ourselves a family and we just have each other's backs. We, we created chat rooms. We have a group on good pods. We have something like that. So in that we've attracted some people who might be interested in taking us to the, helping us take to the next level, but we will not, we're not going to sacrifice what we've created just to, if we had the opportunity to say, make a little money. (laughs) If we had that opportunity, we're not going to compromise artistic value, you know, or let somebody come into the community to, to just to sell out.
0: That sounds awesome. I, I yeah. can't wait to check some of the episodes. I am definitely going to order the book yeah, and thanks. this sounds like a lot of fun. All right. Before I let you go though, got to ask you a merry question. So okay. if you are a fan of either Keb's podcast or his book and you're checking out my little podcast thank you jay armstrong was a honors english teacher in the philadelphia area he is now retired but when he was teaching he would give his high school students the lyrics to the song thunder road and they would read it as if it was a poem discussing the imagery bruce uses the themes he explores in the song And then at the end of the day, he would ask his class, does Mary get in the car? Keb, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road?
1: Okay, so let me preface this by saying, I remember a couple of years ago, there was some controversy over a line in that song, but it wasn't this controversy. It wasn't whether or not Mary got in the car. It was was something about her dress, I think. Whether it was waving or...
0: There is a very strong the scream door slams, Mary's dress sways or scream door slams, Mary's dress waves. And there are you think the you can take my gun out of my cold, dead hand is a thing they are richly. And even when Bruce said that it was one or the other, they don't care. They are. That is the hill they are dying on.
1: Right. I think, didn't he answer that on Fallon?
0: Yes, he did.
1: That wasn't too long ago, right?
0: No, it wasn't.
1: Okay. To not to beat her in the bush and, no, okay. and, and worry. I'm torn. I'm going to pry. I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer, but whatever. It's not. I'm going to say wrong. Let me. Let me explain myself. Please do. Okay. And if you think about it like this, let's just put your self in the position of trying to get somebody to get into the car and go off. Because again, we talked about this earlier, the lyrics, you can construe them. However you wish to what yeah. he wants to go do. We can all probably figure it out. But his attitude towards the way I take it. Okay. And his attitude towards the end of the song is, you know what, look, get in or get out. I don't care. I'm out of here. Okay. Because of his attitude, I'm going to say she doesn't get in the car.
0: Very nice. Great answer. 50, 50, about 50% of my guests say she does about 50% say she doesn't. Very nice.
1: He also, if, if I remember correctly, he also doesn't, he say it's like a, It's like a bunch of losers and he might might be calling her a loser. She might think that he's included her and she's, you know what? Yeah, go away. He's like, all right, I'm out of here.
0: Exactly. (laughs) All right. Keb, once again, tell people if they want to reach you, how can they?
1: They can. You can send a comment at stupidhistory.net. Easiest place to find me is on X or formerly known as Twitter. I'm at Keb lives. K E B L I V E S. That, that is the easiest way to get you could get through through unfiltered studios. It's unf They do more than just host a podcast. They help schedule events, things of that nature. And that, that's a big thing that I have going 2024. I want to do a lot of more live events with the book. not just I could leave my right now and go do a stand-up set wherever I wanted, but with the book and, and to teach people that history is not not boring.
0: I love that. I appreciate that. I just was checking on your double check that I found you on Twitter or AKA X. And so I will definitely follow you. Listeners do the same.
1: Yeah. Um, And also I'm not one of those guys that like, if you follow me, I ignore you. I follow I try to follow everybody back. Yeah. That that's not like a scammer. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes.
0: And I do that same too. And I promise I will not send you a DM going, Hello. Can yeah. we be friends? No,
1: <laughs> yeah, just leave, yeah. me alone. Hey, leave me alone. Hey, do you do you have podcasts on Apple or Spotify? Yeah, come on, dude.
0: Did you? Where are you from? Did you just even pretend to read my right. bio? Just pretend. Yeah. My Twitter handle is Jesse Jackson DFW. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah.
1: That means Dallas Fort Worth people.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, this was a blast. Thank you so much. I am very thrilled we got to talk. Everyone go check out the podcast. Check out the website. Sign up and get the book. And we're going to end with, Since you're gone, I've been lost without a trace. I dream at night. I can only see your face. I look around, but it's you I can't replace. I feel so cold, and I long for your embrace. I keep crying, baby, please. Thank you, Kev. Thank hey, you, hey Thanks listeners. for
1: having me. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Be safe. Be kind. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music of an album ranking. Fan-thinking, joy-spreading, lyric-reading, story-sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission.